0: My guess Sue, um, in her words, is a parent mentor, child behavioral specialist, household harmony transformer, and author. Uh, she wrote a book called Secrets to Parenting Without Giving a Fuck. And she's worked with parents for 20 plus years, trying to help them end tantrums, sidestep power struggles, eliminate backtalk, neutralize fighting with siblings, and ultimately build a lifelong relationship of trust with their kids. Now, for anyone who has kids or, frankly, anyone who's just interacted with kids before, um, you know those are some heavy claims. We can debate if parenting is, is really the hardest job in the world, but I would argue it's likely the most complex. There's so many challenging aspects of trying to raise this young human who you're very much responsible for, but at the same time cannot fully control, when really you as the parent are still trying to figure out life yourself. Now to Sue's credit, she started in a beautiful place um, to explain why she thinks she's kind of cracked this code of parenting, if you will. She stated her most important value as self-awareness because she believes the only way to do this impossible job effectively is to have an extreme level of awareness about yourself, your kids, and your situation. That awareness allows you to balance the job of instilling your wisdom and experience into your kids, trying to live up to that responsibility as a parent without trying to control them or just adding your baggage onto them because you actually have the clarity and the awareness to understand what value you can bring, what you know, what you don't know, what your ego is doing when it comes into play, when it's not all those things. And we talked specifically about some of the concepts from her book, like things like parenting in advance or partnership parenting or approaching your kids as adults in training, which was really interesting. And it was interesting to hear how she kind of formed these insights, Um, from lessons she learned, being a mother of four um, triplets as part of that with an active military spouse and all the other things to go along with it. Um, But what I enjoyed most, as I usually do in these conversations, was pressure testing Sue's approach and her concepts. And fortunately, she was the type of guest who was totally game to debate, explore, think through all these different things, um, and really try and understand these ideas at a deeper level. And we even hit head on what I would call kind of the elephant in the room, Um, When making heavy claims like this, trying to understand how do you balance the humility required to have true self-awareness? Because I do believe humility is very much critical to that. How do you balance that with the confidence and conviction required to write a book and claim you figured out the best approach to parenting? Right. Like we asked the question, is it possible that Sue really has the answers and other parents who see it definitely are just getting it wrong? Um, And no surprise. Obviously, she doesn't have that. confident or certain of a view but she does have an opinion of why she thinks her approach is right and i think a huge thanks to her for just being so open to discussing these topics to bringing so many of the insights on such an important topic to this conversation and frankly exhibiting in real time what self-awareness looks like so with that let's get to the episode with Sue All right, Sue, thank you so much for being on. Real psyched to talk to you today. Um, I like to get right to it, so I will and ask the question, what's the value that's most important to you? Uh,
1: I would say uh, self-awareness. Specifically self-awareness as a parent.
0: Mm -hmm. That's a good Um, one. That's a good one. I'm going to ask you to expound on that, but let me add one little layer to it because I think about self-awareness a lot and I think there's so much value in it. So let me ask this to preface the the question about to ask you to say more about it. What's tricky, what I find about self-awareness is, it's kind of like you can think about blind spots, right? In many ways, self-awareness is trying to find those blind spots. And we say those words, and it makes sense. But if you really think about it, that's almost an impossible task to like truly be self-aware and to see these things that are like hidden in our minds or things that are in our blind spots or that. So I'm just curious, like as you talk about that value, why it's so important to you, curious how, like, how you think of it in that way. Because I'll say it this way, last part, like, I think often people that are super confidently self-aware, sometimes that's a sign that they're not that self-aware because they don't recognize some of those blind spots. So I jumped right into the philosophical. Let me ask you to explain a little bit (laughs) for you though and what it means Uh, for you, why it's so important.
1: Yeah, no problem. Um, The the reason, uh, self-awareness has always been important. It's always been something, uh, I tend to be somewhat kind of intuitive, just Um, self-aware. Not just about myself, but around, you know, uh, reading other people's body language, reading a situation, assessing all of that information and and helping it make, uh, helping me make an informed decision. Um, so self-awareness isn't just about putting the mirror on myself as much as mm. it's about mm. just awareness for myself. I mean, what's, what's in front of me, what's behind me, what, what, what's the space in between, right? Mm. So, um, but So that was important to me early on. However, um, becoming a parent really brought home that self-awareness aspect of, you know, no, no guilt, you know, no ego, how it really forces you to fine tune what self-awareness is to you and how you show up for your relationship. So Mm -hmm. self-awareness in in my definition now as a parent and being older is is in connectivity to my relationships it's self-awareness is paramount to all of my relationships to my connectedness you know to just it starts with us to Mm. have better relationships um and being able to just put that mirror on yourself always and always be curious Mm. always be curious about what if you respect and care for someone and they're giving you feedback um, are you? Is your instinct to bow up and be and, and be defensive about it? Are you? Will you take the feedback? Will you know? And we all have different points of that. Like I I tend to be. Um, I'm I'm better now, but I noticed with my with my husband saying something, I would be you know. Mm-hmm. In shock, you know, and then, you know, and then it would take me a couple of days to go, ah, wow, he he was right, and mm-hmm. so it's that willingness to kind of drop your ego a little bit, and uh, that's and, and willingness is a big word, you know, that's very important. The willingness to hear someone else and incorporate that into your perceptions and how you feel about how you're showing up, <clears throat> because we all, yeah, you know, we all uh, don't realize how we show up to others yes. fully. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. An, that's a constant evolution. That's a constant challenge. And, but I'll tell you what, your kids will tell you flat out. <laughs> and um, it's interesting. Are you going to punish them for it? Or are you going to laugh and uh, have a, have a good chuckle and go, wow, that's how they see that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So
0: I'm curious for you, Sue, like, is it, um, and it, it, usually the answers to these questions are like, yeah, all of that. So it might be that, but I'm I'm curious how you'd explain it. Like, The self-awareness, like what is it? What does it get you? Right. Is it is it more about like self-awareness just means you have clarity on like the truth of the situation to some extent. So if if your husband's saying something or giving you some feedback, self-awareness allows you to just understand what is actually there and therefore have a better relationship. You become a better person because you're hearing feedback that's true to you and you're able to act upon it. Like, does it make your relationships richer? Does it just make you better? Is it just like, you know what? I just think the truth is the way to go. And I'd rather just know the truth and live in that world. Like, what is it that self-awareness results in? You know, I know for you, okay. it's a lot about parenting, but I'm just curious how you'd frame that. Well,
1: parenting helped me decide the answer to your question. Oh, okay. Um, and before I get to that, is that the the truth is a very relative word. Right. They're really there, there's three, there's three sides to every story: yours, mine, and the truth. <laughs> so we can, you know, that whole experiment where we can both be sitting and experiencing something mm-hmm. and, and, and describe it differently. So truth is such a nebulous um thing. And, and if we think that if we live in the black and white, and this is kind of with the kids, you know, everything's black and white for little kids, and then they start to get into the gray area. Mm. So truth is murky, it's gray. Um, and at the end of the day, it always comes back to you and your willingness to uh, perceive things differently and your your awareness of, well, maybe I can see where they're coming from, taking another person's perspective into account. But uh, to answer your question, what self-awareness, how does it manifest into something? And this, again, being a parent helped me really fine tune. And in my opinion, self-awareness helps us create our our passion it helps us find yeah. our passion and how we're showing up what is the value that we're adding where's our value mm. so mm. again put the mirror on me my self-awareness i'm aware of how i'm showing up but how am i adding value mm. and how that became kind of crystallized with my kids was that you know if you if you set your ego aside and you're not doing guilt and you you know you are not in a controlling state of mind which we tend to do as parents um, when you're letting all that go and you're putting awareness and intention to those things um you're then raising your kids to be their authentic self and to help them find their purpose and their passion and help them connect with their intuition and their gut instincts and so self-awareness is not just great for you and having better relationships but what it does to, to me it manifests into um finding your purpose and your passion and where you're going to add value in this world. Mm. So for my kids, it really kind of turned into um, giving them different lessons or if they expressed interest in music, helping them explore that and helping them sort of get in touch with themselves and wonder how they're gonna show up to find what, and I said this all the time, what gets you out of bed in the morning? Mm Uh, what's your purpose? What's your passion? And uh, with four kids and three of them were triplets and the dynamic there was, you know, identical boys and a, and a girl, an older son. There's a whole complicated dynamic there. And my approach to parenting was individual people, mm. uh, individuals here with their own purpose. Um, but I didn't want to inflict any of my thoughts and ideas on that. And how easy is that to do with kids?
0: It's almost yeah. impossible not to. But that's why it that way, yeah,
1: well, that's where self-awareness comes in. Yep. Yep. So it's um it's an intentional way of thinking. And maybe I could even say, you know, what's the value and is is intentionality a word? I don't know. But mm-hmm. I think self-awareness is really encompassing all of these talking points. yeah. Um, it's not just saying, you know, what's my truth and, and knowing myself because I'm an, I'm constantly evolving, but so are my kids. And mm-hmm. so is my husband. And so is everyone else important in my life. Mm. You know, so you have to learn, you know, forgiveness and compassion and grace. Uh, but all of that, I think starts with self-awareness.
0: Yeah. I agree so much. And I think I'm I'm going to play back to you a little bit what I'm hearing, just cause I think it's so interesting and, and correct me if any of it's off. It's almost like, Self-awareness is kind of that foundation, right? You have to have clarity, you have to know what you're dealing with, both about yourself, your your kids, relationships, all that. Um, so you can be intentional. And and is it fair to say like the reason why intentionality, to stick with that word, is so important, is it like at the at the at the root level, you believe the meaning of life, really, let's just call it what it is. That sounds very abstract, but the meaning of life is to figure out what gets you out of bed, is to figure out what your authentically, what your passion is. And and the challenge in that is the gift and the curse of consciousness is that consciousness allows so many amazing, wonderful things, but it also brings a ton of baggage and biases and insecurities and ego issues and blind spots. And it's almost like the the game of life. The job is, to cut through all that shit and just figure out what's really there, so that you can live into your true purpose and get that satisfaction that comes with it—is that kind of a fair way to to put it?
1: Well, absolutely. Peel away all the bullshit, right? Peel away, and and we are so inundated with information now. Um, you know that we're actually as a parent anyway, I'm working hard to to peel away all the distraction, uh, because none of it matters, right? And I and my my kids are. 21 and 25 and they're in the thick of that generation of like, and my daughter will say something to me and I'll be like, that sounds like a so-and-so problem. Is that, is that a Kelly problem or is that a so-and-so problem? Where do we show up? How do we um, add value? Mm -hmm. Let's focus on what we have control over. And the only thing we have control over is ourselves. So again, being a parent kind of crystallized that for me in terms of I have no control over this little thing. I'm supposed to teach and train it. And, you know, in the parenting book that I wrote, I talk about how children are adults in training. Uh And when you sort of shift that thinking, you realize that I'm, I don't need to be punishing and they're getting one over on me. It's really just a training or training. Uh And when you're coming at it from a point of helping them learn their value and what's going to give them passion and purpose, well, you know what, a lot of the troubles of raising kids kind of went away for me, right? They're, they're going and they have, they now have a job at 15 or 16. So they want to save money for something. Uh, two of my kids saved money uh, for their private private pilot's license while they were 18. Uh, but they'd been working, you know, and they all had to do a sport. So they're all having to these are expectations that i had as a parent but it was all stemming from my goal of making sure they found their purpose Mm. and that purpose is ever changing you know my daughter said she wanted to be a vet for years and years and years and i kind of was like oh you know what are you saying that because you said it as a kindergartner or is that still true let's check Mm. in with ourselves Mm. let's let's talk about self-awareness and sure enough that she was given permission to not cling to that idea anymore and was now free to go pursue something else. Well, that is me helping you find your purpose. So where am I adding value? Right. That was always, are you adding value to the situation right now with your complaining? You know, I've always mm-hmm. said that. So mm-hmm. um, you know, you could say too in your question, where what's the value? Well the value isn't where are you adding value? <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: So, mm-hmm. but again, I mean I did think about that before we talked and I thought, you know, ultimately to me, self-awareness is that foundational uh, value mm. where all of these other things that we're talking about can can spring
0: yeah yeah I get that I get that so much so and I, I agree with so much of it um it, it usually when I agree so much I find myself being like all right what's the question and what's the what's <laughs> the snag because if it were all so easy you know we would all do it and I know we're all just trying to do our best and figure out and learn and share that wisdom so I ask this question in the spirit of that and I'm, I'm a parent as well so I have a son who's nine years old and I think Parenting is a particularly fascinating thing for me because it forces us, like so much of life is, I talk about this a lot on the show, like these dualities, these seemingly contradictory things that we have to somehow try and manage. And I think parenting falls so squarely in that, very much in what you're talking about, because on the one hand, right, like you said, like I can only control myself, can't control them, like I'm, I'm trying to train them to be adults, put my ego aside, But then there's this other side of it, which is not only like some people would take the view of like, but you have a responsibility as a parent to like, they don't know what they don't know yet. So you have Mm -hmm. to ingrain that in them, right? And we can debate that. But even if you get past that and go to a different level, there's this duality of like where we started with self-awareness, where it's like part of the job of being a parent is being self-aware enough to let your kids be them. But inherently in being a parent, you're trying to guide them through that process, which means that you are still encouraging them and pushing them and setting expectations, as you said. So, like, how do you walk that line as a parent to be self-aware enough to know that, like, I need to let them be them and I don't want to be more of that baggage and bullshit they need to cut through. But at the same time, I want to bring value and help guide them to where they're trying to get to, because it's very easy for some people to think like, oh, I'm doing that. I'm adding value. But really what they're doing is just adding baggage. How do you manage that? Because that's an impossible task in and it of itself, at least i found. So I'm curious how you think about it's it. It's a
1: fine line. And that is why I really deep dove that in, the, in being a parent. I went from one, to ki- one kid to four kids overnight. Mm. Uh, and I took ex- pre-existing uh, intuitiveness and uh, self-awareness anyway, into that parenting role, thankfully. So I was able to kind of hone it. But uh, a lot of what I talk about in my book is exactly answering what you're talking about. And to answer you specifically, um, it it really is respect. Hmm. And that sounds so, I don't know, mundane, but I have the the way I wrote my book and I don't want you to focus on the book, but it's important because uh, the first half is about your relationship with yourself, losing ego, losing control, understanding the value of why we want to understand that better, mm-hmm. ego, control, guilt, all of those things. And the second half of the book is your relationship with your child. Mm. So first relationship with self and child. And then by the second half, after we've taken care of all those other self-related things as the parent, now we start talking about respect and partnership parenting. And now you're in it when you've brought a spotlight to the things like ego and guilt and, and control, uh, you're now ready mm. to apply um, respect and partnership methods to the way you raise your kids. And I do give a lot of ways with how that looks, but so it is very, uh, splitting hairs, Mm. right. As to how you show up every day. And you're so right. We all, all of us think, well, I'm already doing that. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then I ask you, uh, well, if you're talking to me, uh, um, you know, mentoring and stuff that I do, how is that working? Mm, Because if you're coming to me, you've got behavior problems. You've got things you're trying to solve. It's not working. And and I know that because that's what happened to me. I was yelling all the time, do it because I said I'm type A uh, and my kids had to teach me mom, you know, you're yelling, you know, I'm laughing in your face. Like that's, I don't, la, 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 I don't hear you. Mm. Uh, So I had to go on that journey and I take the reader on that journey because I had to go through that myself. Mm. So to get back to what you said is that it's about respect and Mm. how, and we all, and I do say this in the chapter, we ask any parent and they all will tell you, yes, I show my child respect, but do we? So for example, If you're met with some behavior issues how are we handling that are we quick to punish are we quick to control restriction creates rebellion so we need to understand that freedom within boundaries is respect Mm. so that talks to what you were asking which is like well we still have to parent we have to create the ground rules well yeah of course we do but are are we are we buried in minutia of ground rules are we over controlling uh, if you're not, if you need your son's help building a table, uh, and you're just like, you know, Hey, you know, Joey, get over here. I need your help. You know? And then the kid's like, well, dad, I'm on the, like, I'm gaming. I don't care. So I said, get over here and help me build this table. Well, I teach parents to parent in advance and respect is what we really want to do is go. I put this roof over your head. I bought you those games. I, You know, but with training right now, we, we, with respectful parenting, it looks more like, Hey, Joe. I've bought this table, I really could use your help building it, when are you available? Because mm. now I'm showing you respect for managing your time and I'm saying, I need your help, which now makes the kid feel of value. And then he's happy to help you and he's learning building table, now you have quality time together. Mm. So there are nuances to how we are providing boundaries and rules and that training, but how we're asking and how we're approaching it is really respect. Mm. And uh, yeah, so it's nuanced for sure. For
0: it's, sure. It's, it's a word I was gonna hone in on because I think part of the reason I do this show and, and and I'm sure there's plenty of people that do it better, but is like the nuance point because so much like, I, I never want people to walk away thinking like, like a tagline or, or or a key thing, like some simple phrase just explains it all. Cause I think what you just explained and even that, like we could talk about that concept in and of itself for hours. It's not easy. It's not just do this or do that. It's like it gets back to self-awareness, I guess, that ability to read it all and understand, like, I'm trying to manage multiple different things. And maybe I'll use just your example to illustrate it, because I find myself having this conversation with myself and my son all the time, because I, I think in many ways we're similar in thinking about the approach to parenting and how we approach it. Right. So take that example of I need your help building the table in my head is often going like, all right, totally everything you're saying, right? Like, let's do this the right way. I don't want to be yelling. That's a baseline thing. I don't think that's healthy for me to just be yelling and demanding things. I don't think that is is good. Although, you know, some people would argue it is, but I don't think that's good. So I don't want to do that, but I do want him to help. Right. And I do want him, but I want to respect him at the same time. And you you want him to be happy to help. And I want to be happy to help. Right. But then even that I could go to this place and I'm sure you've gotten his questions of like, but I don't want him to be spoiled. I don't want him to be entitled. I don't want him to think like, Hey, I need your help, but only on your terms. And even that, like, it's so hard to parse out which part of that is my own ego and insecurity to be like, when I need his help, he should just come and help and he should appreciate it. And what part of that is me just trying to raise a good person who understands that like, hey, sometimes life doesn't go the way you want. It's not always exactly where you want it to be. You have to deal with discomfort. Doing a nice thing is helping somebody else, even if you'd rather be doing something like all of that is floating around and trying to get to the right answer and what I started doing with him a lot lately is like, he'll be like, but why dad, why do I have to do that? And it's almost a joke with us now, but I'll be like, well, at the root of it, because I love you, because I'm trying to figure out how to teach you to be a person that's going to be happy and successful and care about people in this world. But in all of that is rooted, like my values being pushed on him and me trying yeah. to got, so it's just, it's illustrating exactly what you're saying and the nuance of it and why that's so hard. So I don't even have a question in that. Well, as I would ask, as I would a- I would ask yeah.
1: you um, yeah. when your wife wants you to do something. Yeah um you know would you want her to expect you to stand right up and get it done that minute or would you say i'll get to it when i have a chance i've got some bills to pay or i need to move the lawn first or you know yeah.
0: um well it's I interesting you want... because it, you know, I... the 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 simple i think direct answer to it is like yeah i'd want her to have some understanding and and understand that i have stuff going on too i think and you and you'll hear this in me through this conversation and and other people that have listened I have a general like working distrust of the human mind. And by that, I mean, just using this as an example, like I think it's so easy for us to take those outs. And like, if I allow my mind to do it, I could be like, almost like, how dare you ask me? I have so much stuff I have to do and I could be bullshitting myself when really I could go do it right now. But I take, and that's what I worry about with my son too. Like, I don't want to give him too many of those outs where he thinks like, no, I shouldn't have to do that. It should be on my terms. And I know that's not what you're saying. But that speaks to that delicate line that you're trying to balance. So sorry. Yeah, that's 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 what I think about it. Yeah.
1: Um, and so then so okay, when you're talking about that, uh, you're saying that your wife say if you know in that example, how dare she? How you know, I'm I'm busy too, and then you're bowing up. And um, so if you what I'm gonna say in this example is action, not words. Okay, so if you think that you're telling your son, because I love you and I want you to be good to people, but that that I'm he's just dad's lecturing. Dad is lecturing. It does you are not instilling love and care and appreciation that his dad loves him in a nine year old by saying it. But you are instilling how he treats other people and how you treat him and respect and love. By saying, Joe, I need your help building a table. So now I'm flipping that script on you. Where initially, you know, you had that, you know, you had raised that red flag about, mm-hmm. like, well, you know, you need to do it because I said, you know, you know, you you were suspicious of my method because, you know, you, we're debating. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. You, know, yeah. you
1: were a little suspicious of that method because you thought, well, oh, he's going to be spoiled and entitled. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to challenge you to consider that. Would you say that your wife was behaving spoiled or entitled by saying, having an expectation that Mm -hmm. she needs that light bulb change, you know, now because I'm doing the dishes and I can't like? So, your kid is the same because he's an adult in training. And that's sort of where you want to split that thinking because we tend to think that because they're young, we have control over them. Mm -hmm. And that is the shift in thinking is that they're adults in training. So if I look at you as an adult, I'm going to have different expectations of you, which is good. We want that accountability. We want that expectation. So now if I ask my son in advance, um, "Hey, what do you have going on later? I need you to help me build this table," and this is what I teach. I teach like a parenting in advance type of way because you look for patterns, and then you know, anytime you see a behavior twice, that's a pattern. So now we back it up and we sort of work to circumvent that we will go around that. So now if your kids like, well, oh, dad, da, 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 da. now, but if we go, Hey, Joe, can you help me build this table? What's a good time for you? And he's like, I, no, I don't know. La, da, da. You know, seven. Uh, okay. Seven o'clock done. Well, now you're going to teach him. I hear you. I'm committing at seven o'clock. I'm going to come looking for you. And if he's complaining, now you get to say, but we agreed. Mm-hmm. So, partnership parenting is we it's not I it's not you the word we and I joke around I talk about this in um, podcasts and in my book about <laughs> it took my husband years to realize that when are we gonna vacuum means can you vacuum <laughs> no really I'm not kidding you. It really and, and he's a fighter pilot I mean the guy is sharp right and I'm like what you know are we gonna get to vacuuming this weekend and that's why we know how we divide up the chores and stuff and he usually does do the vacuuming but if I don't instigate you know a little subliminal something um when are we gonna vacuum and you know and it would just sort of subliminally lead him to you know get it done without being like when are you the word you is so off-putting mm-hmm.
2: uh
1: so when we talk about respect we talk about partnership parenting it's we 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 and that's how you want anyone to treat you and your relationship with your wife will be better and your friends mm-hmm. and your work people and your son because your self-awareness is telling you Right, I need to show up a little differently. Yep. Let me see how I can approach this in a in a, in a pre parenting way, so I know he's going to bow up. And I think if I tell him, "Well, do it because I've done all these things for you, and because I love you, and because blah, you're going to be a better person." Ah, oh, he doesn't care. Action, and the action means I'm reserving you in advance. Even mm-hmm. though you're nine, you know you've got plans that you might want to do. You might want to go to a friend's house. You don't know. You don't know. And respect says uh I respect you to manage your own time and that I do need your help and that I value your help so
0: mm.
1: yeah. yeah different way like of thinking. it's it's counterintuitive but
0: it, it is in some well in some ways it's very intuitive in that as you're saying that about that um like the entitlement point right and and worrying about that I think in many ways what you're getting at with self-awareness and where we were in the beginning is like that true clarity is self-awareness all around so The ability for me to worry, like, if I tell my son I need him to help me with this table and if I make it too loosey-goosey of a quest, he might come off as entitled. Well, I have to flip that on me too and be like, why do I think I get the right to demand something of him? Like, isn't that me being entitled? So like, I'm worried he's going to be entitled Mm -hmm. and selfish and only think about himself. So the way I'm going to fix that is I'm going to do that for myself. And you're
1: thinking that by using words, and this is what we all do, you're thinking by saying... You know, I'm teaching you because I love you and blah, 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 blah. I'm verbally telling him what I want him to, to absorb and to feel, but I'm not showing him.
0: Well, right. I think it has to be, I, I would agree. Well, let me ask you, because I, I think I'm I'm a firm believer that, and I'm not saying I'm right about this, but that it has to be both. I think actions without a doubt, like modeling it, showing it, doing it. I love the parenting in advance because I think that's an opportunity to do it, not in the heat of the moment when it's clearer mm-hmm. and kind of show it and all that. I do think there's value in explaining, I, I use the word logic probably too loosely, but like the logic or the rationale, showing the work of like what my, what I'm thinking and how I'm thinking. In much the way I think as you talk about preparing somebody for adulthood, because I, I do want him to connect the dots and see the thought process and understand the context so that when the actions are there too, there's this appreciation. And I totally hear you, right? At nine years old, even at 19 years old, even at 39 years old, we only hear and consume so much. Like some of it, we just tune out. But I do think there is value in explaining what it is and what it looks like. I'm curious, your honest take on it, and I have no reason to believe you wouldn't be honest. Like, is that is that right? Or do you think actually most of what we tell our kids is pretty useless and it goes in one ear out the other?
1: Not at all. Not at all. hundred um, percent. But it's all in how
0: hmm.
1: we say it. And, and I, I do have a whole chapter about how to get your kids to tell you everything. Hmm. And uh, there's a whole slew of ideas in there and even ways to question kids.
2: Hmm. Mm.
1: without feeling like and I and I'm very uh conscious about you know w- instead of if, like who was at the party you know who was there mm. that's a direct question if you want to be lied to ask someone a direct question <laughs> really that I mean just know this right so if I say sometimes I just add one word who all was there my hit my pitch goes who all because if your friend, if, if, you know, if there's a friend you're trying to keep your kid from or a girl that you don't want him to see or whatever, well, who was there? Oh, shit. You know, he's on my ass. I don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't want to, mm-hmm. oh, who all was there, you know? And then you, you, you lead kids. It's all about gray area. Uh, there's ways to question and ways to communicate. But um, I, I yeah, I, I think there's ways of showing up nuanced again, where you aren't, Putting people in the hot seat you're not uh requiring you know somebody to feel like they're backed into a corner and they have to lie to you uh and yet at the same time i agree a hundred percent that talking um i have a chapter on wisdom okay because like how do you inject my kids are wise beyond their years why because my husband and i spent a lot of time explaining the why
2: Mm -hmm. uh
1: we spent a lot of time talking about the psychology behind our decisions so um I think the easy answer is that I know I'm doing the right thing. And if I tell him it's because I love him and I'm trying to make you be a good person, blah, blah, blah. I just hear that as he already doesn't think I'm a good person. He thinks mm. I have so much work to be, but you can show him by showing respect mm. and then mm. you can explain your own awareness. Well, I saw this, which made me come to this conclusion. Mm. Um, you know, I have another example about how like, by teaching kids how to make decisions and how to use awareness. So You know, if you're going out to dinner and there's a long line and you go and you give your name and the person is seems like they're all, you know, they didn't even write the name down. It's a, it's a cluster, you know, I'll teach my kids. I'll be like, yeah, see, I, I, we have to go follow up because this person doesn't seem like they have it under control. So I'm going to explain my thinking Mm -hmm. and then they can interpret and and retain what they want, but it's different than a lecture. It's different than me going, you know, do you see this is going on? You know, it's judgmental and Mm -hmm. luxury, whereas I can just go. Right or wrong. This is my observation. What's yours?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then
1: let's debate it. But we forget we can do this with kids. That's yeah. the number one thing I get back to with parents. We think we have to be, you know, parental all the time, teaching and teaching, uh, lecturing um, the lesson, the lesson. We forget so many times parents will come to me. I'm like, well, have you asked him? oh, wow, you know, he has an opinion (laughs) Mm -hmm. and would be shocked. Their, their lives are so simple. And we are so adult with all of our nonsense that we've, you know, brought into our lives at this, at this older age, the kids are very simplistic. They see things, linear, linear, whatever. It's a hard one to say. (laughs) I'm not even going to (laughs)
0: try, but I know what you're you're
1: saying. Um, And they see it just, you know, in, in one line until the gray starts to expand yeah, yeah. for them and then when you see your son who'll probably be about 13 14 maybe a little younger when the gray and then you can start explaining things in a different way whereas right now it's just real simplistic mm-hmm. um but one of the best ways to to get around what you're saying is to is to um, explain your awareness
0: yeah yeah totally agree totally yeah. agree and i think you know as you said that that challenge of explaining that and then genuinely being open to like, hey, how do you see it? Because there goes that ego again and that self awareness of like, it's nice in theory, but when they actually do it, do you, have you done the work to your first half of the book? Yeah. Actually, when they do that, be able to be like, hmm, that's interesting. Well, I didn't think because that your way.
1: ego as a parent thinks, and I know, I know this because like we all are this way, course, and I was very much this way. Like i got you know, I'm forty five, I'm fifty, I'm whatever. I I know yeah. what are you saying to me? I know like, I'm an Italian. I'm like ah, but you guys, <laughs> you know, you don't know. But respect and self-awareness says to me, um, I have a lot to learn from them and they have opinions and I really value who they're becoming. And, um, you know, that's really sidestepping that ego. Yeah. And it's it's a practice every day. It's mm-hmm. really, this. it's one thing to sit and have an intellectual conversation like we are right now. But then to put it in practice when your son is you know, pissing you off or what? upsetting you or scaring you to stop and, you know, think about how you're going to react to that um, is it's difficult. But, you know, with awareness to it, uh, we 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 can get the job you done. Have a chance. So that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's why better. I felt it was important to write a book and share with other parents yeah. those types of ways of thinking. And quite honestly, a lot of what I teach and train comes from Montessori background. So Montessori mm. school uh, where I we put our kids there in preschool and I was blown away over what they were capable of doing at three and four. So mm. that got me started on this path of really pushing forward and putting the mirror on myself and going, ah, what? Mm. why am I mad about this? Mm. Why do I care what my daughter wears? Why do I care what she looks like?
2: Yeah.
1: Why why not celebrate her choices at six and seven? You know, why Why am I busting my ass to make their lunch when they're five, they can make their own lunch.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, why? I, if your kid's gonna come home and complain, dad, I hate that sandwich. Oh, really? Okay, well, guess what we're make gonna do. Different. You're gonna help me create the shopping list and you're gonna write down the meats that you want. Here's the components you need to put in the lunch you know, you need to have a fruit, a vegetable, whatever, that's my rule. And then you get the freedom within those boundaries. So again, mm-hmm. we're parenting, because we're putting boundaries, but you're choosing. And my kids made their lunch and did their laundry from a very early age. And um, a lot of these little ideas really show them respect and pride in themselves and confidence.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And, and I think I, I I found that too. I think the the working theory, whatever you want to classify that of like, what kids can handle at a younger age, whether it be the work of making their own lunch or even just the conversations like where you were at before of like telling them you're thinking and getting their reaction. I think we, we myself very much included at times, we we undersell that of like what kids can handle and the conversations they can have and what their minds can pick up. So much so that it's not even like, um like there's, there's a negative, like if you don't nurture that, And build that in kids at a young age, like you're missing an opportunity to where they can start to see things at a much younger age and make decisions and start to figure out the world and gain self-awareness in a way that if they only start to do that when they're 18, they're already behind the eight ball and it makes it that much Mm -hmm. harder. So I I agree very much. I'm curious in the spirit of it, right. And self-awareness. So again, you and I very similar in agreeing on a lot of this. How do you make sense of people that see it differently? Right. So the parents out there and we we touched on it. I, I got the chance to listen to you on another podcast. And I think you, you mentioned before, like your parents maybe were different. They were a little <laughs> more strict to where it almost forced you to lie more than anything else. <laughs> right? Like, how do we think about that in a genuinely like humble, self-aware way of like, is it true that this is the right way to be doing it? And people that are stricter or do hold like these standards of like, because I said so. Are we sure that they're wrong? Or are there things in that? Is there a way they got to that conclusion? Are there benefits in that? Like, how do you think about it to where you get to the confidence to say, like, no, 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 like, I get it. Everybody's different, but I'm going to put this in a book because I feel so strongly that this is the right approach to it. Talk to me about that process a little bit. That's a great,
1: great question. And and the when, the time that I really decided to write a book was at was when i had four teenagers okay i had kids like what i don't know 15 and 18 whatever in the thick of it okay thick of it we're talking you know balancing school and a job and girls and drugs and sex and drinking and uh,
0: And your husband's in the military if i'm not mistaken right yeah yeah. well he's 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 in
1: the national Guard. he was in active duty and now he's in the national guard so he was here, but he still deployed five times. Sure, and yeah, 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 just um, adding to the
0: complexity of it. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, but okay, so in the thick of it, I, I was rewarded. Okay, with see now parenting's in my my rearview mirror now, so I can tell you that everything I'm telling you works. But I'm gonna what I'm gonna say is, you know, you can say, okay, but the strict parents everything comes out okay anyway. And then the parents like me with respect and partnership, well, everything comes out okay. So let's just say that that's a level playing field right now. So let's debate the two.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: That's where I'm going to ask you, what relationship do you want with your kids? Okay. Because both sets of philosophies are, are they going to get the job done? Are the kids going to be safe? Are they going to learn a few things? You know? Yeah. But where's the meat in this? Where's the where's the difference? And the difference is in your relationship and it's in instilling wisdom beyond their years because you have that trust. And I got to see this firsthand when the kids were teenagers because um, all the, it's funny because the pa- parents who parent in fear and that's everywhere right now, the fear, fear, fear of all of this. And there's a lot that the kids are, are navigating, you know? Um, they were clamping down. And I said earlier, restriction creates rebellion. So how many kids were at my house because they felt safe? How many, my kids told us everything. We knew it all. We helped them solve, problem solve as as adults in training. Um, we didn't judge. We understood that they're, same thing we did when you were younger. Okay. That's not a slam on me as a parent, because again, my ego's not acting. My, my teaching hat is on. So you're going to get a relationship. You're going to be in on everything. They're going to teach and they're going to tell you, you know, they're not going to lie to you. They're going to bring you in the fold. You're going to have that relationship and that's going to carry on. Your kids are going to be able to make decisions um, more fully and, and with more information, they're going to be wiser beyond their years. They're going to get off to college and make good decisions because they've already kind of made decisions with that safety net at home of no judgment. One of the best compliments my daughter ever gave me was, you know, first of all, mom, no, no, none of my friends have the relationship with them. They all hate their mom. Well, you know, well, my daughter, if she, my, my, my daughter hated me as a teenager, will she learn to love me by 25 or 30, you know, maybe so the strict parents feel justified. Well, by the time she's 35, she's going to love me anyway. Okay. Well, I didn't want to take that chance. And I like to be in on, you know, I don't want my daughter to, to lie to me and get information from some other parent or some other kid. I want them to learn from me. <laughs> so to be able to teach them what I've learned and what I want them to know um, I need to have that relationship of trust. And that starts now that starts at nine years old. It started at three, four, five, six. Um, you know, so that's what I'm going to say is that you can make a case that the strict parents and the, and the more partnership parents, and and I'm not about permissive parenting. My kids had a curfew. My, my kid's curfew was 30 minutes before every other kid. Why? Because it was a very strategic decision that I made for that reason that They kept saying, oh, God, you wouldn't believe what happened after you left. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they missed they missed a lot of stuff, but I didn't have a lot of rules. But the rule that I did have was your curfews at 11. And um, we can also use partnership to come up with what do you think is a reasonable curfew and lead them to the right answer, but they feel like they have a say. So they're gonna be less apt to break the curfew if they were brought into the decision. Mm. We're gonna go midnight and I'm gonna go 11 and they're gonna go 1130 and I'm gonna say mm, 1115. Okay, do we agree? You know, Okay, then I'll say, okay, how about 1115? And if you can get home at 1115 on the dot every time with no nonsense, I will then decide when I'm ready to bring it to 1130. So we're we're negotiating and that's not permissive. That's a 15 or 16 year old who's probably got a driver's license, who's being treated with respect from their parent. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I'm still getting my kid home on time, right? Yep. So um, that's that's really my answer to that. It's about the relationship you want to have with your kids. And so you're in charge of you.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a good answer. And I think it speaks to the importance of the first half of the book and the self-awareness because it's almost like to raise your, I'm going to say something that's maybe provocative, maybe not, but to raise your kids that way, there's a level of responsibility on you to have worked through your shit and to figure out so that you can do it effectively. I think maybe, maybe, and again, none of us are perfect, but some parents who cling more to that stricter, more do it my way. Maybe part of that, even if it's unconscious, is this thought of like, well, I haven't done all the work yet. So for me to do it that way, that seems too scary and too like, and it it to do it effectively, to trust that you can do it effectively and release some of that control, you have mm-hmm. to feel confident that you've done the work yourself and you can kind of navigate through it. And that's a hard thing for people to do. And I think that that gets to some of it. I do want to ask though, like again, you get the spirit of the show now. And I think you're very much game with me on this of like, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's explore the things that sometimes people don't want to ask because they're worried it's going to be like, inevitably, there's some people listening or like, listen, listen to Sue. Like she, she thinks she has all the answers. She thinks she figured yeah, yeah. it all out. She knows her well, parenting style work. And I know you're not saying that, but yeah. yeah. Um, and, and in the spirit of self-awareness, I think part of that is being like entertaining that and being like, well, am I maybe like, I don't know, like maybe like, well, maybe I'll ask the question this way. Somebody asked me this question once, like, what what mistakes did you make? And, and when I asked that question, what mistakes, I don't mean it in the way of like the obvious ones where like you realized already, like, ooh, I screwed that one up. In the spirit of none of us being perfect, there's inevitably some things in all our minds that we think we got right, but we actually didn't. And that's back to that, blind, like it's almost impossible to know that so frame this however you want to frame it. If we were to ask your kids, like what did they yeah, think yeah. you got most wrong? That I've asked way? them. Yeah. I've asked like, them. W- had there been any like blind spots to you? Like, holy shit, I had no idea that was a problem where I was doing that wrong. Like any of that that came you up?
1: No, I mean, this is going to sound horrible. I go, I've asked them because I have no problem. Again, I mean, I brought the kids into the fold and we talk about it and, um, you know, they'll, they're will they now at the point and I'll get to mistakes I've made, yeah, okay. Yeah. But um, they're now at the point where like, you know, we'll talk about, you um, we know a kid who's got DUIs now, and he's probably going to jail. You know, and the kids text back. I'm like, it was all parenting, mom. It's all parenting. We were so lucky. How did we get so lucky? And they they know that we we trust them and we don't judge them. And you know, my daughter, I mean, you, you know, the text you get. Well, oh, oh, please, you got so much. You know, I, I'm like, yeah vaping and like oh, you talk about oh, well okay yeah you have a yeah you can't get a full breath well i wonder why <laughs> mm-hmm. you know you, you used your friend's vape you know you put your mouth on someone else so we still deal with all of this stuff so you know um the kids at the end of the day if you asked all four of them all four of them would tell you we never felt judged by our parents um and we had a great relationship and we did a lot of laughing you know um I'm I'm gonna say I we we both pretty much did a great job through the teen years. like so but early on, for sure, I was very much a yeller. Um, very uh I, I don't I wouldn't say temper, but like I'm quick to, you know I'm a type A. I'm balancing a lot of stuff. There's a lot of kids. And damn it, I'm stressed and tired, you know? Um, So I don't give a shit what you think, you're just gonna do it. So yes, I fall into that path. It's much, it's so easy to talk about all the techniques that I teach and train that, you know, 70% of the times I employed (laughs) 30%
2: of
1: the time, I don't give a shit, (laughs) I'm tired and I'm doing it right now. I don't know if that's a mistake. I don't look back with regret on any of that, but I do look back and go, I'm human. And I can't respond in just the perfect way, the perfect time every single time, because I'm human. Um, and, you know, my husband is a lot more patient than I am. And he'd just be like, honey, my God, you know, you really went after him. I'm like, well, that's, they know who I am. That's how I am. You know? And I would make it ex- not excuses, but I would just go like, my kids know who I am. Sorry. You know, I'm having a bad day. Uh, you know, and you can't really be sensitive around me really. I'm I, I'm a man in a woman's body. I can't, Mm -hmm. I, I, you can't, you know, I'm going to say it and this is how it is. Um, Some of the kids might, might've felt a little, a little put off. Um, But again, you know, I do have that chapter on guilt and I don't do guilt. I just don't, I, if I make a mistake and I say something regrettable, I will apologize. Or if somebody makes me aware that mom, you know, when you said that, um, that really hurt my feelings. I'm like, you know, I'm really sorry. You, You know, I, I didn't realize that or I probably had a poor choice of words or, so I don't look back and in, in regret it. i mean, try to take care of everything in the moment. And I do create a, an environment of trust with the kids to where they can tell me in that moment. Mm. Mm. Um, so, but I'm a yeller and um, I don't really think thoroughly before I speak. So if it's on my head, it's out my mouth mm. and that could be hurtful for people. <laughs> so, you know, but yeah, if you asked all four kids, I, with 100% um, assurance, know that they would say, no, we, we laughed, we had no judgment and we, our parents trusted us. Mm. So. Yeah.
0: No, I, I, I mean, I I love it. And I think it, it, it articulates again, that, that challenge, that contradiction in life where it's like, we're, again, where we started, where like, I have no reason to believe everything you're saying isn't true, obviously, and you've done the work to think through it, and and that's why you've written the book and all that, and there's this weird dichotomy of like, it requires a level of humility to be self-aware, but it requires a level of confidence to then keep, right? I was just going to finish your sentence, it's
1: confident, yeah, you do have to be confident, and when you're raising kids, you've got to be confident, and you know, especially you know i've got of the four three boys and a dad that's a fighter pilot right a husband and i'm here working from home they don't know what i do i mean you know i i'm in sales i i I make good money but like they don't know it's just mom you know mom is mom we get shit on for the most part you know and they're boys and they're strong personalities and they're all very confident and i'm like i'm an air traffic i said "What? (laughs) where are you going when you back but you have to be confident you're right but you do also have to be able to ask yourself the the hard questions. And it's funny because all the things that I'm telling you that I did early on as a parent, I'm now teaching my daughter. She's in a relationship now. I'm like, well, ask yourself the hard questions. Is this guy for the long term? What what are you thinking? How do you feel? Um, Don't just blindly. in. why are you in this relationship? Is it serving you the way you want it to serve you? Mm -hmm. Um, She wants to go to law school. Like, okay, so do you see yourself continuing that path? Or is this guy going to be an anchor? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. Let's ask every question. And I do have another thing on my in my book about decision-making where I talk about 360 degree um, thinking and 380, 160, 360. 360, whatever it is, full you know, yeah, circle, circle thinking where I'll help a kid if they've got a problem. We're like, okay, what about this? If this, then that. Mm-hmm. Well, let's look at everything from every angle. Let's look at all the pros and the cons, the what ifs, and I would help them. And then they decide. But that's where I was talking about earlier about injecting our wisdom. And that's a different conversation than me going, well, you should be doing this because that's what I would do now as a 50 something year old, Mm -hmm. what, this is what I would be, you know, because I'm injecting wisdom because I'm telling you, no, no, no. If my ego is not involved, I have no skin in that game. Right. Right. If my ego is not involved, I'm helping you decide with the most informed decision. Yeah.
0: And, and maybe giving you experiences I've had, but not in a way of this is how to do it. Just let's look at that and see how that contributes to it. how does this and add value to the think? decision? Yeah, let's assess it. Yeah. yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. All right. Last question I, I have for you, Sue. I, Awesome conversation. Um, I love people that obviously are thoughtful in this, but are willing to like, yeah, let's let's talk through it. Let's figure it I, out.
1: There's no wrong answers, really, right? Exactly. The only
0: right answer is to do this, is to, exactly like you said, the 360, in some ways we're doing the 360 view of it right now. Um, As I mentioned, I got to listen to you on another podcast. I heard that point on guilt and that one, I I was curious about that. You you touched on a little bit, but maybe just to expound on it a little bit more, not saying you're wrong by any ways, but I think that's an interesting viewpoint that I just don't do guilt. Because some people would say, well, there's some benefit to guilt. It allows you to realize some things, maybe some of that humility allows you to do some of that. Um am curious just as you expound on that how have you thought about that is there any shadow side to not doing guilt or do you think like you know what actually I found that guilt is net negative like it just doesn't bring anything good to the table which very well might be the case but I just wanted to hear a little more on that
1: yeah um, I uh, thought about it okay so if, if guilt is a wasted emotion it does nothing what does feeling guilty solve hmm. nothing hmm. so if I've got my ego in check and i'm not and i'm and i'm checking myself about control and i'm checking myself about you know um my actions i mean if i why if i'm feeling guilty what is that that's a weakened state i have a my chapter on guilt i'm really proud of it i have three different four different styles of guilt and that includes the guilt i put on you know my kid well if you love me you would stay home and you wouldn't go to that party or you know um and the guilt that society puts on, well, you know, you did that to your kids or, you know, all of the different f- forms of guilt. And, and then I even finish with, um, I don't do gifts. Like my gift to my husband is that I don't want to, I don't do gifts. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, I mean, that's my gift, right? Yeah. And I'm like, That's a, that's a form of kind of guilt. Like it's my birthday. You didn't remember, you know, I don't, that's control. That's tethering somebody to me. Mm. I don't want it. I won't inflict that on anybody. And I don't want it inflicted on me. So I'm very clear about my boundaries and that and guilt is a wasted emotion. It solves nothing. If you're feeling guilty, you're feeling bad about something. If you're feeling bad about something, why did you make a mistake? Did you, you know, did you need to go back and apologize to that person? So if you, if you made a mistake, why are you feeling bad? I think I would challenge somebody to explore that emotion of guilt and what it's serving for yeah. you. Yeah. So when and I'm big about, like you said, logic. Like I take the feel out, take the emotion out of it. When guilt is wasted, it's not solving anything. Um, if I'm feeling bad about something, I need to figure out why. And then how do I fix it? Let's let's solve it.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh so if I'm feeling guilty about something I said, something that I did, uh, it's 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 not serving any purpose mm. so that's really my stance on it mm. and like I said I explore the way that guilt is used um in a variety of relationships and situations and again it does come back to confidence right it does
0: it does yeah because yeah, you're right I mean guilt can absolutely be weaponized in those ways that yes. like you're articulating great and way I think... to put it uh, you know, as we as we round it out here, coming towards the end, I'll tie it back to self-awareness, because I think much of what we've been talking about with parents before, there's that that responsibility. If you're going to parent that way, you have to have done the work. I think there's a similar principle at play with how you're approaching guilt. There's this idea of like if I've done the work and I'm self-aware and I have my ego in check, as you said, then I don't I don't need guilt to be like an alarm for me that tells me something's off, right? So true, yeah. So I think that's that's a beautiful way to put it. I think what's interesting about it is, and I think you'll appreciate this part, as we were, right? Part of being self-aware is always like that distrust I have. For me, there's still something in guilt where it's like, but can I trust myself completely? Like maybe I think I've done all the work, I think my ego's in check, but that guilt maybe is telling me I still have a blind, like maybe it's hint of a blind spot. That's how I typically think about it. I think your approach to it is super interesting. And it's making me think of like, is there another because way to you view you
1: are coming from a place of self-doubt. So you have a confidence.
0: Yes.
1: Yes. yes. in your armor.
0: Well, that's, and that's the, that's the big question, which we could spend a whole another hour on is like, how do you balance that self-doubt humility with the confidence and the lack of guilt in that case to move forward? And well, the and humility, yeah, well, the humility
1: it. is in admitting mistakes. And apologizing yeah. for them right so if i'm humble i'm i'm willing to hear you say you know when you said that so you really kind of pissed me off or mm. you really kind of didn't acknowledge my effort here i'm mm. gonna go wow okay so so i'm willing to hear you so the humility factor is in play here because if I, I still don't guilt is over here i don't need it guilt is not helping me be empathetic to you
0: no right? it's it's only if if I guess the way I would put it is of like, if if you didn't get that external feedback, right? If it's just you thinking for yourself, trying to figure out like, and I totally agree with you. There is self-doubt rooted in this, which inevitably at times breaks bad and maybe all the time goes the wrong way. But it's that when you're in your own mind to be like, would I catch it? Would I catch it if I thought everything was fine? I thought I did it all right. Maybe I didn't have the opportunity to hear feedback from somebody Would guilt help increase the chances that I would catch it if it was a situation where I missed or I did do something wrong? And again, I hear you. So now
1: I'm going to come back to you and say, if you're creating an environment of trust and, you know, communication.
0: You'll get that feedback. You're
1: going to get the feedback, right? And if you're self-aware, you're going to notice and and, and provide empathy to the relationship with your child if he's acting different or your wife, if she's acting different. And if your wife or child or anyone feels that they're going to be judged i mean so you're but we're only in charge of ourselves right so if we're going to take accountability for our behavior and our words guilt has no room in no place in the room because if i'm if i'm taking accountability for all of that i'm creating an environment with which you feel like you can tell me something and i'm not going to get mad i'm going to hear you and i'm going to listen and i'm going to take it into account and your respect and love for me with, you know, mm-hmm, your wife mm-hmm. or your child is gonna say, I'm gonna go, you know, I I see what you said and I'm, you know, sorry you felt that way. I still feel the way I feel. And your respect and love is gonna be like, okay, she's, but she heard me and we're gonna work this out. Figure and it so out it's very her. much yeah. a give and take and that's how every relationship benefits. And that comes from, again, starting your self-awareness and if you're creating an advice, that's why with parents, I'm like, you're in charge of the culture. You're in charge of you, know, you and what you're, what you're creating and how people respond to you. So if you're doing guilt, what is that? That's just a weakened state. If I'm like, oh my God, I feel so bad that I've been, you know, of course, do I say I feel bad about something? You know, yeah, I'll make a mistake. I'm like oh shit, I But it's so more bad, about
0: right? fixing it though. It's more about it's the about next about step. It's about fixing it. Yeah. And, and,
1: you know, wallowing in guilt is not solving yeah. anything for anybody. And it's not propelling my relationship forward or deeper with that person in my life.
0: Mm. Mm. Super interesting, too. I think much of this is super interesting. So as I said in the beginning, I thank you a ton for for being on, for writing the book, for the work that you're doing. And most importantly, which I I think is most valuable for people, particularly those interested and in want to get the book or want to reach out to you, is to is to get an in depth sense of it of like what's behind it, how exactly what you do with your kids? Here's how I think about it. Here's how I'm approaching it. And I like to think these conversations are are a mechanism for that. And I think it was in this case, which is great. So um, thank, thank you. So I really do appreciate it. Thank um, you. Your time and everything you're doing.
1: I, I thank you for providing you know the platform with which to have these conversations. They're really super important.
0: Uh, I appreciate that takes two to make it work. So I could thank Thank you 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 right back. But I hope you have an awesome rest of your day.
2: Thanks, you too.